Welcome to the only actionable podcast to help you unfuck your marketing and run a business that gives a shit. I'm your host, Siobhan, and this is Marketing Unfucked. Today, we discuss the importance of inclusive marketing with Sonia Thompson. Let's do this. Thanks for being here, Sonia. How do we unfuck marketing? <laughs> we do that by being more inclusive in our marketing intentionally. I think a lot of times with marketing, brands exclude a lot of people because they don't take the time to make decisions about who they're specifically including and who they are specifically excluding. And because they don't take the time to make those decisions about who our customer is, they, through their products, their services, their experiences, their communications, they end up excluding a lot of people because they didn't have that specificity. So whenever a brand says, we serve working moms, right? Working moms, and that it seems like that includes a lot of people. But in reality, the execution of that marketing doesn't often serve a lot of people because the visual imagery, the language that we use often speaks to the most privileged identities. For example, whenever somebody's brand says working moms, what often comes up is a white, slim, heterosexual mom who's married. Right. And maybe Christian. Right. So they don't think about does this does a working mom include a Muslim mom? Does it include a mom who is in a same sex marriage? Does it include a black mom? Does it include a mom with disabilities? Does it include all these? Does it include a mom who is a size 26? Right. Um, yeah. Does it include a mom who is older, like she's, you know, 48 versus 28? You see a lot of things in circles now where as more women are starting to have kids later, you know, they're talking about like whenever they go drop their kids off at school and it's the they're older versus like the younger. And then, so it feels different for them. So if we continue to portray that in marketing and visual imagery and not taking into account that sometimes, yeah, moms are older. I'm an older mom, right? That it's different. We have different considerations. And ultimately, if we want people to feel seen, if we want people to feel like that we that they belong with you, you have to take the time to think of them specifically, what their needs are, how their needs might be different. So here's how an example. How do we do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before you get to an example, I'm just trying to figure this out because, you know, to me... Okay, in the past in marketing, it's quite common to say the working mom persona. I agree, yeah. that's a bit broad. But then, what are you suggesting that we create a, per- a lot of different personas and try and target our marketing towards that, or do we need to refine it as a brand? Because I think I you know. need to be more specific. Now, sometimes okay. the answer is be more specific, and sometimes the answer is make more personas. Right. So. Okay. If the default is to the most privileged identities, some of the things that I've worked with clients on is be intentional about saying, or as you're writing your persona, call out identities that are often underrepresented and underserved. So if you're writing your persona, if your, your, your persona is working women, if you want to give a description of this, if you say 
this working woman is a black woman who's 43. She's a size 16. And, Mm. you know, like those types of things, it forces you to think differently because unconsciously people probably had a different view of it. Now it doesn't have to be that that specific, but it gets people to start thinking differently. One of the exercises that I like have people go through is take the time to list out all the different ways in which your customers can be different, right? Okay. Could it be race? Could it be ethnicity? Could it be gender? Could it be ability, sexual orientation, language that you speak, time zone, whatever, just throw like a bunch of different ways, all the different ways in which your your customers can be different. Mm -hmm. And then specifically choose which of those differences do you want to intentionally make sure feels seen as it relates to your brand. Now, you can't, the idea with inclusive marketing isn't we're serving everybody. It's to be intentional, right? So with that intentionality, you have to choose who are the people that we definitely want to make sure feel seen with our brand. And that that sometimes might mean that you have to make choices based upon your resources. And then you can do change that over time. Then once you do that, then you can start to figure out how the execution of your marketing will change over time. So for instance, I go through this exercise and my husband, my husband is from Argentina and he says, Hey, how can you say you're an inclusive brand if you don't have your content available in Spanish? Right. And so I'm like, okay, like I want my content to be able in Spanish, but as a solopreneur at this point in time, I don't have the resources to make everything in English and in Spanish. But we just brought on somebody who is going to be my Spanish language manager who is going to do that. But that's taken a few months, right, for me to get to that point. So whenever you start and you're choosing, all right, yes, right now we only have the capacity to serve English speakers. But in the future, I want to serve other people. You can do that and know that it's a progression. But you won't ever get to that point if you don't start thinking about who are the people that we want to serve? And then calling that out. Now, but if doesn't you find- that, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me just, <laughs> I'm just trying to get this one. No, like okay. what you're saying makes a lot of points. It, it makes a lot of sense. And there are a lot of valid points. I'm just trying to kind of think this through for a second. Because yes. by me intentionally including specific people, personas. Yes. yes. Aren't I then also excluding people? Like, how hard is it for a company to say working moms? And I'm going to now focus on Asian moms in their 40s and white moms that are not. Oh, no, we said working moms. So white moms that are employed, but Mm -hmm. quite young and but not married and moms in same sex marriage. Then doesn't everyone else suddenly feel excluded? Have you defeated the purpose then? No, because inclusive marketing isn't about including everybody. It's about that intentionality, right? Now, there are also some groups of people. So if you say working moms and you specifically say, I want to make sure this includes people of different nationalities. So I want to make sure black moms feel seen, Asian moms feel feel seen, Latina moms feel seen. You can change the execution of your marketing, possibly in visual imagery, for instance. And if you change up the visual imagery, they will rec- recognize it, right? Mm-hmm. They, people who are part of these groups that are generally underrepresented will see it. They'll feel good about it. But if a white woman sees it, she's not going to necessarily look at that and say, oh, this isn't for me. 
right? So, but would a black woman feel that if she looked at an Asian picture? It's not that you always have to like, so think about all the entirety of the visual imagery that you're putting forth, right? Rarely is it just one person. You have opportunity to showcase a broad variety of different types of people. Now, the where most brands get in trouble is their different types of people often look the same. So because they often look the same, you know, maybe their hair color changes. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't address the broad diversity that we have of working moms, for instance. Yeah. No, I got that. Okay. So then how do how do brands address that, right? Because I mean to me this is like a Pandora's box. I feel like the moment <laughs> I open it, I'm just going to, it's somewhere I'm going to do it wrong. Now, granted, like you said, the intention is what counts first, but I feel like, especially nowadays with society, the intention sometimes can completely misalign and then it just backfires. So how is the best way to approach this? Like, how do you start thinking about this in a helpful way, in a way that's going to include everyone that you want to include and not make somebody else feel like they've been intentionally excluded? Part of it is knowing that in many instances, it'll be difficult to make everyone happy. And that's going back, like I say this word over and over again, intentionality. If you decide that there's a particular group of people that your brand isn't going to specifically serve at this point in time, own it, right? If you decide that, hey, we serve women, we don't serve men. That doesn't mean that men can't buy our product. That doesn't mean that, you know, if men buy our product, that we're going to treat them badly. We're going to welcome them with open arms, but we're not specifically developing marketing materials. Whenever we're writing our copy, we say she, right? If you're doing that, it doesn't mean that you're saying no and closing the door because that gets to discrimination, right? That's a completely different topic. (laughs) We're not doing that. We're just saying that these are the people that we specifically want to make sure, feel like they belong with us. Now, there are some brands who've done a wonderful job of like, we want it to be everybody. Like think like Rihanna, Fenty Beauty, Savage X, Fenty, her lingerie line. They are very clear. We mean everybody, everybody. Nike is another brand that they mean everybody. They say, if you are an athlete, then that's the person they want to speak to. And how do they define an athlete? Anybody with a body, right? And that runs the gamut. But these are brands that do a good job of showcasing all those people. Most brands aren't Nike or Fenty Beauty, right? And it (laughs) makes it- And they don't have those resources. And they don't have those resources. So it becomes harder to have that expectation that they- literally are showcasing everybody and have, you know, product service and experiences that speak to them. So you have to choose, like we choose every day as business owners, as business leaders, we're always making choices, but choose and then own it. The problem is that most people don't choose. And then when somebody calls them out on it, they're like, but what do you mean? Right? Like, so, and then it's by default, they're excluding people because they haven't chosen. So how do you choose? Go and make those, go and make, <laughs> go through that exercise, make a list, make a list really of all the different people who have the problem your business solves and figure out which the ones you want to serve. So I follow a gluten-free diet for health reasons, right? And I go into plenty of restaurants who, which I'm thankful have gluten-free options. 
Now, my favorite restaurants are the ones that are like entirely gluten-free and the food doesn't taste gluten-free. So people who aren't gluten-free like to eat there, right? But that was a a restaurant that specifically chose, we want to serve this group of people. Sprinkles Bakery is another one that I love. They're not entirely gluten-free, but they have options for gluten-free. They have options for vegans. They have options, I think, for sugar-free, right? They've chosen gluten-free, vegan, sugar-free, people who don't have those dietary restrictions, these are the ones that we are specifically going to serve with some options. So it's just a matter of just trying to think through how are the different ways that are relevant to our industry, relevant to your product, what are the different ways that people can be different and making sure that you, once you decide these are the people that we want to be sure that we serve, putting accommodations or executing a marketing plan that serves those people. So then once you've chosen... Is there this risk that you're taking it a level too far? I mean, does that happen in your experience that people choose and then try to focus so much on that specific brand that that they're naturally discriminating without even knowing it? No, I don't think so. Right there. So I call I have what I is an inclusivity spectrum. Right. Yeah. So there is different degrees of inclusivity. So let's say you have, there's one, it is your exclusion, exclusion marketing. The -hmm. next one is raise your hand if you're different, right? I often have to do this when I go to a restaurant, when I have to ask for the (laughs) gluten-free menu, like I have to ask for it and then they bring it. I have to identify that I'm different. The next one is your normal. Whenever you go through and you make people, even with the differences that they have, They don't always have to call them out. They feel like there are, excuse me, the the next one is you have options. So it's like whenever you go to a restaurant and you look at the menu and you can see there are things marked, for instance, as gluten-free, as vegan that work for people. That's one, that's like in the middle. Then Mm -hmm. there is your normal where people are just able to go about and they serve a broad range of people and you're able to self-select what works for you. And then there's the last one, which is exclusively for you. This is whenever you have brands that are designing with a niche consumer as their primary consumer. So let's take, for instance, people who make products that stick with gluten-free. There's this brand that has all kinds of gluten-free breads. Their name is Char. I think they're out of Germany. They have gluten-free bread. They have pizza dough. They have crackers. They have all this stuff, all of it gluten-free. You don't have to be gluten-free to buy it, but they've designed it for somebody like me, right? So they're not excluding it because we're not saying don't buy this, but there's targeting a very specific group of people. And because they're targeting the specific group of people, those are the people who come to them, but it's open to everybody. So the key distinction is being inclusive and focusing on a different, a specific customer group isn't saying to other people, you can't this, you can't buy it. You can, it's just we've designed our focus as this specific consumer. So if you see our marketing, you may not see yourself represented, but that doesn't mean that it's not okay for you to buy. And that doesn't mean that you're not welcome here. Yeah, I guess the key word here is inclusivity, right? And you're not excluding anyone from it. But then is there, so the spectrum, I really quite like that because it explains really every kind of way you've seen it (laughs) really simply. But is there a better way than... You know, I mean, I don't want to say worse. There's no bad way. If you're starting and you're, you're working through the process, it's good. But is there a better way to do inclusive marketing? Let's say on the spe- spectrum, is it best to be in the middle or is it even better to go further? I'm guessing like the raise your hand thing is not that comfortable for most people. 
Right. But it's better than excluding people. Right. So so it depends on where you are. I would never want anybody to say the best that I can do right now is raise your hand if you're different. And because like it takes a lot more resources to do the other ones. Now, you can start there if you want to higher up on the spectrum. But that doesn't mean that one of raise your hand if you're different is wrong if that's all that you can do at this point in time. And that doesn't mean that if you choose and you start in one place that you can't evolve on the others. Now, there might, depending on the products that you have and the services that you have, it might be that in some instances, you're raise your hand if you're different. In some instances, you're, you're normal. In some instances, it's exclusively for you. Going back to Nike, they have a range of this. So they have the Nike Pro Hijab line of sportswear yeah. designed for Muslim women. That's exclusively for you. It doesn't mean, and so that's for a very specific customer group that they designed it. We see you. We want to make sure that we are serving your needs because again, everybody, right? They have line of shoe that they recently introduced that you can get in hands-free. It was designed for people who were physically impaired and like, or it it was going to um, be difficult for them to use their hands. They might not have hands to get in and out of the shoe, but There are also people like working moms or, you know, other people who they they might be holding something and makes it difficult to get in and out, right? It was designed for a group of people, but it has benefit to a broader group of people. So it doesn't, like there there are instances where in some cases you might have be in one place on the spectrum and in other places you're in another part of it. And that's okay. The idea is that choose again, (laughs) choose knowing that where you start doesn't have to be where you stay or where you finish. So it's just a matter of getting out of that exclusion marketing status and knowing that each other place on the spectrum delivers a different customer experience. And as you grow in inclusive marketing, you grow in your sophistication, you grow in your resources, you'll identify what works best for you and your brand and the customers that you're serving. So I like how you brought in the customer experience and the, and the experience generally, I think it, it does definitely improve, I think, as you go up the spectrum, right? So if I had a yes. certain condition. But then my question is where, or in your experience, and you work with this a lot more, is how does this actually affect the overall business? Meaning from a marketing perspective, how successful are you the more up the spectrum you go? Do you see that there's a correlation there with having a lot better ROI or better customer experience, as you already mentioned? How does it actually affect the business as a whole? So customer experience is a big way that a lot more people are choosing which brand to go to. So being inclusive, one, it's a very good thing to do, but it's also good for your business. My mantra is inclusive marketing is a future of marketing, right? Customers are at a point now where they're becoming more vocal and their expectation is that brands will serve their needs. Their differences doesn't mean that the differences that they have from what's considered to be mainstream or the masses doesn't mean that you aren't worthy of being served, right? Like people aren't standing for that kind of thing anymore. Again, brands have a choice. They can choose what they want to do. However, a lot of brands are turning a lot of customers away that they don't even realize that they're turning away because they're not being inclusive. So just Mm -hmm. by the mere fact of sometimes it could be just simple things of changing 
So I want to give you an example. I was looking at a marketing conference the other day. I saw a flyer from a marketing conference and I was appalled, upset, disappointed, hurt that of the nine speakers that they had announced, there was no black speakers at the conference. Mm. Right. And it was a very, it, it, it was on video marketing, like, which is something that okay. is very universal, right? Yeah. How can there, how can that be that there are no black speakers who could talk wonderfully on this topic? Okay. I saw that this conference isn't for me. I'm not going. Yeah. Right. So because they weren't inclusive of people who look like me as a black woman, then they lost out on a customer, but I'm sure it's not just me. I know they lost out on other customers. And for other people that inclusion, diversity, belonging is important to them. They may not be black, but it's important. They might look at that flyer and say, oh, this conference is inclusive. We're not going because their values aren't aligned with what our values are. Brands are losing a lot of people just based upon that. The more inclusive you are, the more customers you open yourself up to serving and includes those people with whatever differences those underrepresented, underserved groups, but also the people who care about them and that want them to be included. I call that the spillover effect, right? So you're going to being inclusive naturally opens your brand up to selling more. You, your business will grow when you are more inclusive. But at the same time, the better customer experience you deliver, you will ultimately makes it easier for people to come back to you. So like the, the more friction you have, the harder it makes it for people to buy. So I used to live in Buenos Aires and the beautiful thing about Buenos Aires is there are a good number of restaurants that are hundred percent gluten-free. So nice. I would go to those restaurants all the time, me and my friends, my friends who were gluten-free, my friends who are not gluten-free, we would go to these restaurants because it was just a wonderful feeling to not have to think about, ask all these questions. Like I hate being that person that has to ask all the questions. I love the fact that I can just order whatever I wanted on the menu and it would be okay. There was one restaurant that only took debit cards. They didn't take credit cards. It was annoying. It was annoying. I hated it. I liked the restaurant, but we went to that restaurant a whole lot less because their customer experience wasn't so great because they forced me to use my debit card rather than my credit card, which I much preferred use my credit card. So this wasn't necessarily about inclusivity. Some people might say it was, but the experience was less. So I went to that restaurant less, even though they were catering specifically to me. So a customer experience matters. It's important and we can't neglect it. I call inclusive marketing and customer experience inseparable twins, right? You know, because when you can have, you can be inclusive, but if your experience is crap, like, you know, people are going to have to think twice about, because it's about going through that friction to be able to have a good experience with you. Yeah, no, I, I can completely see how they can go hand in hand, the inclusivity and the customer service. In closing, I just, because I want people to really understand how important this is. Like, so you've mentioned a few times you need to choose. And ultimately this is how you start, right? You make a list and you start understanding who you want to start with. Is there another thing that somebody, let's say a CMO or startup CEO can do to try and from the beginning have a lot more of an inclusive mindset in the company? You have to incorporate it into your values. So let's go back to 2020. 
everybody and their mama, right? Every company and their mama was talking about like Black Lives Matter. We value diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. We're going to make changes. Mm -hmm. We're going to be better. Fast forward two years later, not even quite two years later, and a fraction of the companies are still saying or talking about the progress that they've made. Maybe somebody made a donation and they made that statement, but they didn't do anything else, right? Yeah. If it's not a part, why, like, why did that happen? Because it was superficial, your intention. It was once the news cycle kind of died down and people got back to business as usual, I'm using quote, air quotes here, then they just went back to what they were already doing. If yeah. it isn't a part of your values, it will always take a back burner to whatever else is hot, whatever else is pressing. And something is always going to be hot and pressing. Like that's just the nature of business. And unless you are very clear about the things that you are going to prioritize, the things that you are important to you and what you value, everything else that pops up is just going to, like it's going to supersede those. It's going to like, you're, it's never going to stick. It's never going to have any staying power. So if you are a brand that wants to really focus on being inclusive and knowing that inclusive marketing is a future of marketing, if that hasn't been a way that you were operating already and in the past, you have to incorporate some elements of diversity, equity, inclusion, or belonging, not all of them, right? But choose one, <laughs> incorporate yeah. it into your company's values. So that becomes a part of who you are, a part of how you operate, a part of your DNA. And it also becomes everybody's job, not just one person. Because if that one person says, I'm not doing this anymore. If that one person leaves the company or gets promoted, because I've seen this happen, right? Then everything that they did now, it's just it's like it never happened. If you want it to stick, if you want say, this is the way we are, then it has to be a part of your values. And I want you to know that consumers aren't just looking at your marketing. I did a survey about um, representation and marketing last year. Yeah. What about, about what consumers want to know, yeah. what brands to know. And when it comes to representation and marketing, they said, we want representation, representation to exist in all aspects of your business. So it's not enough for you to just nice. showcase the Im visual imagery. And it's not enough for you to say, all right, we're suddenly catering to Black people. We're, we're no, you need to mean we it. See, right? You need to mean it. How do we know that you mean it? You have Black people on your team. Your team is diverse. Your team is representative of the people that you serve. You have the suppliers, the people that you pay are diverse. Yeah. Your board of directors, you do things, it's who you are, right? Like, so yeah. it's not just in your marketing because you're saying, oh, we want the money of our diverse consumers. No, you have to value the entire community. We want the LGBTQ plus community. So we show up for Pride Month, but then you disappear and you don't have, you know, you don't have any policies that actually yeah. support the community within your own company. People want to know that you're serious. And how do we know that you're serious? By what you're doing internally. So yes, it, what you're doing from an inclusive marketing standpoint matters. But if you can't back it up with like, if your own house isn't in order and isn't like congruent with what you say is important externally, then yeah, yeah no, we don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sonia. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to Marketing Unfucked. And thank you, Sonia, for this really important topic. All resources mentioned in today's show can be found in the show notes. Like the show? Leave us a review or send me some feedback. See you in two weeks.